This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley, 365 days a year, 24-7, all of us who drive cars are at risk of being impacted by a distracted driver. Distracted driving is a major contributor to car crashes, accounting for more than 4,000 crashes each and every day in the United States. And it just doesn't have to be that way. Joining us now in studio is Garrett Townsend. He is the public affairs director for the AAA Auto Club Group here in Metro Atlanta. You guys are here at what, one of the, the largest member organizations nationwide servicing over 56 million members. So this is, I know, something that is very important to you, educating our listeners about the dangers of distracted driving. Absolutely. You know, distracted driving uh, affects everyone uh, that's uh, on the road. And it's certainly a significant issue. You know, the fact is, uh, unfortunately, it is considered to be, for some, acceptable behavior. You know, years back, before um, uh, laws came in place for seatbelts, people would drive around, uh, no seatbelt, even though it put uh, themselves in harm, their passengers at harm, until it just got to a point where it's not acceptable anymore. Well, back then, though, and you and I know this, we didn't know any better. I used to bounce around in the back of my mama's station wagon as a little kid. Yeah, absolutely. Crawl up under the front seat on the passenger side. It's just the way it was. Absolutely. We didn't know any better, but uh, studies uh, were uh, put in place and showed uh, that a seat belt saves lives. So here we are uh, uh, years later and we're talking about distracted driving and it just doesn't have that stigma attached to it. You know, you get on the road, uh, you get on the highways, you get on the interstates and you're seeing people, you know, in that left lane and they've got their phone out it's still not seen as uh, something that's not acceptable, and it shouldn't be acceptable. No, it shouldn't. I see those drivers, and I make sure to get a couple of lanes over, especially on the interstate, because they're holding their phones up in front of their faces. Yeah, They're not even trying to disguise that they are doing something other than paying attention to the road. Absolutely. The interesting thing about it uh, is uh, the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety Um, uh, did a survey, and more than 80% of the drivers said that distraction is a serious uh, problem, and nearly half of them say that they feel less safe than they did five years ago. But even that being the case, you still see it by many, many, being done by many, many drivers. So obviously, top of mind, we think about distracted driving these days. And the first thing we think of is what we were talking about, the cell phone. But I mean, I've seen people reading books, reading newspapers. I mean, traffic may be going slowly in the morning or on the way home, but still, that's no reason to pull out the morning paper. Yeah, absolutely. You know, anything that takes a person's mind off the roadway is considered uh, distracted driving. Like you said, it's not just the phones. It could be eating. Uh, it could be uh, reading the paper. It could be putting uh, makeup on. Uh, it could be combing your hair. All of those really are distractions because it takes your mind off the most important task, which is uh, operating that motor vehicle. And it also means keeping both hands on the steering wheel so, because you could drop something and that could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's correct. You know, here's an interesting thing. In our latest research, it showed that distraction 
uh, lasts about an average of 27 seconds after the actual action. So, uh, for instance, even when you put down the phone or you got your navigation system set, uh, you're still not fully engaged with the driving task until about 27, 28 seconds afterwards. That's scary. It really is, you know, and it, that's really almost the length of a football field. So you imagine driving that length of time. And in, better than the speed limit in Metro Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, that that's correct. So it, it really, I think, is an understanding of not only how mental and physical uh, distractions impair uh, drivers, but receiving enough education and understanding how it is that we can eliminate uh, that uh, needless task of uh, distracted driving. Okay, so you're on the phone in your car and you're using a Bluetooth or you've got the Bluetooth connected to your car. Is that safer? You know, hands-free is not necessarily distraction-free. You know, all of us perhaps have been on the phone and uh, there is an emotional conversation. You get all tied up in the conversation. In fact, sometimes, you know, uh, you travel some distance and you think to yourself, man, I don't even remember, you know, passing a certain landmark. That's because your mind is distracted. So imagine uh, that happening um, uh, repeatedly, imagine being uh, holding a device in your hand, imagine getting to a heated conversation with someone on the phone. The entire process takes your mind off of that important task of driving that vehicle. So hands-free is not necessarily distraction-free. Distraction yeah, that, that is correct. You know, distracted driving is a deadly uh, behavior. In fact, uh, some estimates suggest that distraction contributes to about 16% of all fatal uh, crashes, leading to around 5,000 deaths a year. So it is a significant problem. And texting really is just the worst because you're taking your eyes off the road, your hands aren't on the steering wheel. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And, and again, you know, we talk about this uh, 100 uh, deadliest days uh, really focus on teens. But the fact of the matter is it's not just teens that you're seeing uh, that are involved in uh, texting and driving. Uh, parents uh, are doing it. Adults are doing it. So this uh, really is an epidemic really uh, facing more than just teens. Absolutely. I know you guys have some research that says even though it is illegal in most states, including here in Georgia, texting will take a driver's eyes off the road an average of 4.6 out of every six seconds. And as you said, if you're moving along at 55 miles an hour, that's 120 yards without even looking at where you're going. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, sometimes uh, ones may feel, well, I'm just going to send this uh, a quick uh, text, but oftentimes you get a, a response back, and uh, because of fear uh, of uh, missing out, uh, some may uh, look back at that phone, and it just takes just a half a second, in a sense, to take your mind off, look at that phone, there could be somebody in front of you. There could be a child crossing the road. It's so dangerous, really, for everyone that's on the road and pedestrians as well. And we don't want anybody to end up on the news. What are some tips for trying to manage the distractions that would cause us to take our eyes or our minds off of the intended task, which is 
operating a motor vehicle safely? Well, I think one of the first things that you want to do, if, if the distraction is your phone, put your phone away. Put it in the glove box. Uh, put it somewhere perhaps where you just don't have uh, access to it. Uh, if uh, you have an emergency where you need to send a quick text, where you need to get some directions, uh, pull off on the side of the road. You know, uh, being uh, perhaps a little late to uh, getting to your destination a little late uh, is better than not getting there at all because uh, you've been in uh, some type of uh, crash. Uh, but then uh, the other thing is uh, b- being a good passenger. Again, we continue to bring that up. So if there's passengers in the car with you, let them hold your phone. If they need to respond to a text in your behalf, you know, let them uh, let them uh, do so. But whatever anyone can do to eliminate distractions, uh, whether it be phone, whether it be doing something other than the task of driving, it really needs to be a significant enough concern to change driver's behavior. There are listeners who are hearing our conversation right now and thinking, and they may even be in their cars motoring along and thinking, I hear this, but that's never going to happen to me. What do you say to those folks? You know, I would say that uh, for the 5,000 uh, deaths that occur each year, um, uh, perhaps related to distracted driving, I would say that most likely many of them, if they were here today, would say the same things, that it would never happen uh, to me. So I, I don't think we can fool ourselves. It really is a significant uh, issue. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, affects all of us. Uh, we want to uh, uh, parents to get home to their children, children to get home to their parents. Uh, we want everyone uh, to be safe on the roads. And this is something, and if you notice, we call this a crash. It's not an accident. This is not an accident because accidents, you know, sometimes happens and there's nothing that we can do about it. couldn't be avoided. But a crash, uh, this is something that occurs and it could be avoided. And the way that you avoid it is put down Uh, whatever device it is that may be causing the distraction while you're operating a motor vehicle. We spent a fair amount of time talking about distracted driving. It goes without saying things that are avoidable is are things that definitely can be avoided uh, include driving while impaired. That is correct. You know, driving is a very complex task. It requires attention, awareness, a good judgment. So really any substance that impairs a driver's abilities in any of these areas creates unacceptable and deadly risk. So it goes with that. And that you can not only end up harming yourself, harming someone else, harming someone else, and harming yourself by ending up incarcerated. Yeah, that's uh, that's correct. But, you know, uh, of course, uh, even worse than that uh, is to for someone to lose their life, which unfortunately uh, is happening each and every year. Um, those uh, numbers uh, in some cases are uh, continuing to grow. Those that are uh, not only driving while impaired, uh, but uh, lives that are lost as a result of an impaired driver. 
And impaired driving, you know, first that comes the first thought that comes to my mind is, of course, you don't drink and drive. And then as we're talking right now, I'm thinking about the story of Tiger Woods, who was in the news not too long ago, who was driving while impaired. And his was a prescription medication issue. That's correct. Alcohol isn't the only drug that can impair drivers. Uh, prescription, uh, over-the-counter medications that are used uh and properly can impair the driver. You know, in fact, even with prescription drugs, if they're used properly, uh, in some cases, uh, it will say not to operate a motor vehicle, and certainly, in many cases, not to uh, try to mix it with alcohol. It, pr- it uh, really results in a deadly combination. Let's drive this point home for the audience, Garrett. If folks want some more information on how to communicate the dangers of impaired and distracted driving to a loved one. Where can we send them on the AAA website to get some more information? You know, you can go to AAA.com, but you can also go to AAAFoundation.org. And there's uh, a lot of resources, uh, not only studies that are done that really shows the dangers, but there's resources as well, uh, perhaps for parents to have that conversation with their uh, teens. Uh, so that you can really understand the impact of impaired driving on the driving public. Garrett Townsend, thanks so much for coming by. Thank you. We are going to segue from distracted driving and all of that great information from Garrett Townsend of AAA to driving for work with an emphasis on the small businessman. There's one truth about Atlantans. We love our cars, but for at least 22 hours a day, most of our cars sit parked, sucking up our money while waiting to be driven. Society and the automotive industry know this and are undergoing a radical change. Companies devising ways to help people profit from their vehicles. There are startups like Relay rides and get around that help people rent out their cars during the car's downtime. Uber and Lyft, as you know, connect car owners with people who are willing to pay for a ride. And mobile food trucks, well, you know, we've got one here now every other Friday. The largest van leasing company in the United Kingdom, Vanarama, has opened its U.S. headquarters right here in Atlanta. Their proven business model across the pond is delivering business-ready, doorstep-delivered vans, trucks, and SUVs to small business owners, and they do it with the click of a button on a smartphone app. Joining us is the CEO, Andy Alderson. Welcome. Hi there. Tell us what the business prospect is here. So we're a fintech business, but what we really do is we act as a concierge service to small business owners who need a new vehicle. So we make the complicated easy. So if you're in a plumbing business, for instance, you probably have to sort out your own advertising, your own quotations, your own paperwork. You're picking up your supplies. Without a vehicle, you haven't really got a business. You certainly haven't got time to have downtime and go and visit lots of dealerships looking at vehicles. So we use our tech to assess your needs. We'll find the right vehicle for you based on your requirements. We'll then match up the right finance lease deal for you based on your affordability criteria. We'll arrange all the paperwork. We'll do it online on your smartphone. We use AI. We've got robo-advisors to assist the process. Humans are there to talk to you if you need us. And we'll get the vehicle delivered to you, whether it's at your work or home. So we we really make the complicated easy, and we keep you working in your business. Now, how long has this been operational across the pond? Um, Well, we've been doing this since 2007. Um, We've grown significantly since we started our brand program in 2012. We've grown from... 27 people to over 250. Uh, Turnover has gone up from about 
five, six million to what will be 52 million this year. Um, so yeah, we've grown massively on the back of great tech and great people. So tell me about the decision to begin operations in the United States. Well, it was an opportunity that came to us because one of the leasing companies that work with us in the UK has an office in the US, Lease Plan. Um, they had asked us to see if we could come over here and we looked at it and within a couple of months we decided, yeah, th- this looks really great. We made about five more trips after that. We spoke to target customers. We had focus groups. And although the U.S. market has been the graveyard for a lot of U.K. businesses, because there's some things you can really underestimate with the U.S. market, and there's certain nuances about it, um, what became obvious was that our target customers loved the proposition. They came into the room thinking they did things one way, and by the time they left the room, they were asking how soon we were coming. So describe this target customer for us. So our target customer drives on average 1.6 vehicles. You'll see these are real small micro-businesses. Um, like I said at the beginning, guys who without a vehicle haven't got a business, um, they're not big fleet, but they're not retail buyers either. Uh, they're time poor, and they need help getting the right vehicle for their business, and that's where we come in. And you, you, I want you to go back and talk to us about that again, because I want to make sure the audience understood you said they're time poor. Yeah. I've got a business. If I'm not working, I'm not making money. Absolutely. Therefore, I don't have time to go and find the right vehicle so that I'm in my vehicle making money. That's right. And quite often, a van for a business is a work tool. You know, that that's all it is. It's a work tool. And with, with, as I said, without it, you haven't got a business. Um, so, like, we, we take that pressure off them. We make that job easy. Why rent rather than own? Well, it's a business asset. And why, why put your cash into something that's going to depreciate the minute you drive it off a full court? You can put your cash into your business and get a far better return. On average, how long are your customers hanging on to these vehicles with the lease before they, they turn them in an upgrade? Three or four years. How much of an influence was our airport in your decision to put your U.S. headquarters in Atlanta? It was definitely an important factor. We looked at the top 10 metropolitan states. Atlanta is the top-ranked state for, or Georgia is the top-ranked state for startup business. Um, it's got great automotive links. It's a hive of activity. There's lots of investment going into it. It's very pro-automotive. It's pro very pro to, uh, pro business. Um, so all important factors. It just so happens that we've got some great contacts out here. People who we've dealt with in the UK are now working in the US. Um, so yeah, all the stars aligned for us and it was the, absolutely the right place for us to be. So what will success look like for you here? Uh, when we're here in three years time selling 50,000 vehicles a year. Will your customers have an opportunity after three years if they don't want to turn in the vehicle to go ahead because it has depreciated to go ahead and buy it and then maybe lease something else? Or The, most- the majority will swap the vehicle for a new vehicle, okay. for a new one because reduced running costs, warranty's still in play, etc. Um, but yeah, in some cases they'll get the option to take ownership but our experience in the UK is 95% of them will offer a new vehicle. You said the technology is really a key component for why you've been successful in the UK because most of your customers, as you said, are time poor, so they don't have forever to be driving around visiting dealerships trying to find the proper vehicle to um, sustain them in their business. So is most of the work done online and there's somebody to talk to if I need somebody to talk to? Or walk me, I'm a small business. Let's say I'm going to open up a small business. It's Condis' pet grooming company, and I'm ready for my vehicle. Um, Walk me through the process. Well, if you're running your own business, then you're probably on our website, for instance, when traditionally people would be closed. You know, 70% of all our web traffic is into times outside the nine to five. Uh, 75% of that traffic is on a mobile device. Yeah, so we have to cater for that. And so, yes, you can deal end to end without talking to us. You can either self-serve or use our AI. 
and do full end-to-end transactions. Or if you need, as we call it, a fleshy colleague. I, Ivan is our AI technology. Um, if you need if you need a human, we're there to talk to you. And once we've closed the deal, do I come and get my vehicle or do you bring the vehicle to me? No, we get it to you. So our, our dealer partners, and we work really well with dealers, um, our dealers will deliver it to you. Oh, so you guys are essentially the the conduit between the dealers in the area who have product to move, the customers in the area who need a vehicle to get around but don't have time to go shop and find it. Absolutely. And you're connecting the two. Absolutely right. So whose brainchild idea was this, yours? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, in, in the UK, I was working for a dealership. Um, and Le- Leeson's quite well established in the UK, to be fair. Uh, but I was running the dealership back in 2003, and I got an opportunity to take some stock from um, the manufacturer I was working for. It was a batch of vehicles that were going to be crushed at the end of the quarter because it was all diesel technology, so they had to be registered. Um, I took all of the stock, uh, which was quite quite brave. Um, but what I did was I, I set up a one-page website a toll-free number and sold all 273 in six weeks. And that was when I first knew what my future was going to be. So as a kid growing up, were you always interested in cars? Yeah. Yeah, I was always interested in cars and I used to go to motoring events with my dad. Yeah, love vehicles. The buying attitudes of our millennials is something that's going to have um, an impact on your business and an impact in a successful way. Why? Well, what we've done is apply tech you know so we might be a startup but we've applied tech to a traditional model you know because customers as you said love vehicles they love driving they love their cars they love their vans um and so what what we've done is create something that makes it easier for them to get to them so rather than forcing people to go into physical showrooms which you know people have got less and less time they want to focus on the stuff that's really important um so what we do is we've applied tech to make that whole process easier so both of our countries have gone through some significant changes in the last year or so. Yeah, they have. You know, the UK with Brexit, the election that we had here last November. Yep. What is the mood and the thought about the US in the UK and did that at all influence your decision to go ahead and plant a flag here to begin to do business? Um, I think for different reasons, both in the UK and the US, that the timing is right for us. Um, so in the UK, we've got Brexit, which has thrown up a lot of ins- uncertainty. Um, and similar to Credit Crunch, I, I quite, quite enjoy that because it forces me to peel back the layers of the business and look at ways that we can strengthen our position and improve our offering. Um, yeah, things will get a bit more uncertain because we don't know what the, the, the landscape's going to look like. There's been some price pressure, pressures, pressures because currencies dropped. Um, you'll know a lot of U.S. investment has come into the U.K., but that's a good thing because it's, it's in, there's investment in a lot of tech. Um, and then going into the U.S., we know, for instance, there's a lot of focus on PCP um, and people who can't afford finance deals. There's lots of negative equity. I think the average term in terms of contract is 84 months. Um, so the move from ownership to leasing... Which just makes no sense in the world. Who's going to seven years to pay for a car well i don't know about you but i'm thinking about my next car the day after i take delivery of the current one you know you that's that's the way vehicle ownership goes because there's always a new model um and yeah 84 months is just crazy and, and that's where leasing really comes into its own because most people change every three or four years anyway around here back in the day there was a bit of a stigma associated with leasing a vehicle as opposed to buying the vehicle outright that really does seem to have changed hasn't it it does and the other thing that works really for our small 
business owner is if you lease a vehicle personally, then that affects your personal credit file, which means you probably can't afford as much on a mortgage as you'd like. If you do it through your business, then that's taken away. So, you know, it's a, it's a legitimate business expense and it is, after all, a business tool. And you guys don't do this for fleets, do you? It's primarily for the small business professional who maybe needs one or two vehicles. Yeah, we, we do some smaller fleets. So, they, you know, sort of 10s and 12s as the brand grows, we get more inbound from that type of customer. But no, our sweet spot is the small guy with two vehicles. What are the downsides? What are the challenges to what you're going to be doing here in the United States and the things that keep you awake at night that you're thinking about? Um, the things that keep me awake is, have, of course, have we missed something in the research? I don't think we have. It's been very extensive. We've done qualitative. We've done quantitative. We've talked to manufacturers out here. They want us here. Dealers want us here. We've signed up a lot of dealers already. Um, so the downside will be, you know, is there something going to happen in the microeconomic climate that we haven't thought about? Um, it's very unpredictable. The last two years have taught us that, both with Brexit, what's happened here with Trump and everything. So, yeah, we'll have to keep a close eye on it. But I actually thrive in that. I, I like that. Um, it's boring otherwise. So how soon before we're going to see you see your vehicles uh, and your customers driving around Metro Atlanta and other cities across the United States? Well, no pressure on my sales department, but I'm hoping to see the first vehicles on the road in October. So we, we opened last week of September. Um, we'll get vehicles out there pretty quick. Outstanding. So now if somebody is interested in knowing more about Vanarama and the business and how they might take advantage of the services that you all offer, where do you send them? Vanarama.com is the website. Um, our phone number is one eight six six vanarama um, There's lots of information on the website. Um, there's YouTube channel, there's Facebook. Yeah, all of the above. All the social media and everything else. All social media and everything. How effective is word of mouth for you? Has it been? Oh, it's a big part. It's a big part. 30% of the business we get in the UK is word of mouth. Outstanding. Tradesmen are great networkers. Andy Alderson, CEO, Vanarama. That's V-A-N-A-R-A-M-A dot com. That's it. We appreciate you. Thanks. No problem. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.